listeners and welcome to the latest episode of Extra Extra. It's all about whiskey. I remain your host, Jason Johnston Yellen. I am joined by the lovely, the delightful, the delectable, Ooh. the distasteful. Yes, I made you sit there until I got to that word. Oh, distasteful. <laughs> but you got to ask yourself, Joshua, why would I use distasteful? On this day of all days. So you're a smart man, Jason. Uh, really, you know, you, you think ahead. You know your segui's, uh very well. <laughs> Distasteful because I'm actually chatting to you from my quarantine basement on day three or day four of me taking Paxlovid, the antiviral pill by Pfizer, because guess what I got, Jason and listeners? Go on. Fucking COVID. <laughs> is, that, is that the new strain? Is yeah. it F-COVID? Yeah, yeah. It's because they're going up the line, right? And if, for some reason they went to Omicron, but they forgot fucking. So I, now I'm at the fucking phase of COVID. And I'll tell you, I mostly feel fine. A little bit of a cough here and there, but that's kind of over. The Paxlovid is like a godsend with the exception of it just a terrible, terrible bitter taste in your mouth. Which is not just well, me talking to you. It's the actual medicine. <laughs> it is. You have entertained the part of the condition that has scared me to my very core, mm. which is you have had limited to no smell and taste, which if anyone's been listening to our recent round of One Nation Under Whiskey blind tastings, that might not come as a surprise for either of us. Hell, maybe I've got COVID. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a I wouldn't call it an odd feeling because I think anyone who's had a cold will have at one time experienced a loss of sense, you know, smell and taste, but but you hear those horror stories that people lose it for a week, two weeks, a month, three months, has it been 26 yep. months and I can tell you yesterday it came back, I'd say almost 80%. I could taste things and and it was wow. And then as evening went on, I stopped tasting things. And then I woke up and still couldn't taste things. But then I That's brewed wild. some coffee. And so it's it's like cask aging, right? It's like aging a whiskey. <laughs> it's not linear, Jason. This is uh, it's a process. <laughs> well, do get well. And I'm hoping by the time this goes live that you are more than than beginning on the road to recovery. I think you'll be... Hopefully you'll be tasting more than 80% and more consistently than that non-linear suggests. Well, I thank you. Oh, from me and our dear listeners to you, Joshua. Feel well. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. So today, to, to treat you, since you're under the weather, to treat you, we have a Spirits Business News exclusive mm -hmm. with SWA CEO... Mark Kent on the future of Scotch. And this went live today, the day we're recording, May 20, 2022, by Malita Keeley, who we have covered her pieces in the past. So, as we always say here, we will read in the first half, we will riff in the second half, and we will get you out of here in a tight 35 minutes. As Joshua always says, you can set your watch by us. I've never said that. I occasionally say toy as a tiger, but uh, I never say that in oh, this case. I forgot you just lost your taste and not your hearing. My bad. My bad. I was trying to slip that one under the radar and I failed miserably. Uh -huh. Okay. 
So let's get to the reading. We've got a fair few paragraphs to get through here, but I think this is going to be interesting and I'm really excited to get to talk to you about it in the second half. By his own admission, Mark Kent, Chief Executive of the Scotch Whiskey Association, has, quote-unquote, the best job in the world. <laughs> Ahead of World Whiskey Day, 21st of May, he reflects on his first few months at the helm of the Trade Association and the future of Scotch. It is interesting, just, I sometimes forget this, as mm -hmm. we operate within the world of whiskey, we think, gosh, what a, what a world we inhabit, what a, what a time to be alive, what fun things we do. And I'm just reading this, we're talking to the, or <laughs> spirits business, was talking to the head of a trade association, right? I, imagine this was steel, or wood. Oh, yeah. Or, yeah. like... I, I don't even know, like radial tires. Some right? other multi-billion pound or <laughs> right. dollar, right? It, it, this, is, this is a huge, huge name, a huge person to be interviewing. Yeah. Yep. Right, right. Head of a trade association. So Mark Kent joined the Scotch Whiskey Association, SWA, as chief executive after a period of significant turbulence for the category. The past few years have seen the sector endure a global pandemic the UK's departure from the European Union and punitive tariffs from the US. But despite the trials and tribulations, Kent's optimism for the sector abounds. And it, it is interesting, when you and I started Extra Extra, mm -hmm. it was before global pandemic, <laughs> Brexit and yeah. punitive tariffs. Yeah, We didn't think these would be three topics that we would dip in and out of for the better part of two years. We I, thought we'd be talking about, like we did in the last episode, new distillery openings, new brands, right? Celebrations of whiskey the world over. I feel as if you are putting us into the same important silo as as our as our dear friend here, Mark Kent. Are we just as important to the Scotch whiskey industry as he is? Is that what you're trying to say? That seems like a declarative statement. <laughs> I think we play our own very small part within this grand industry. Two grains within that very giant silo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's a quote. Here's a quote from Kent. With the turn to spring comes World Whiskey Day, held annually on the third Saturday in May. It gives me a chance to reflect on my first few months in the role and to look ahead to what the future holds for the Scotch whisky industry. The quote continues, having spoken to distillers, blenders, bottlers and exporters from Speyside to Isla and everyone in between, it is clear that the industry is looking to the future after a couple of years of turbulence. Ultimately, people working across the industry want to focus on making a world-class spirit attracting new consumers to discover scotch and opportunities to invest, grow and support jobs and communities in Scotland and across the world, end quote. The CEO does, however, remain a realist about the challenges that continue to affect the scotch whisky sector. After all, the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic and more recent issues, such as the Russian war against Ukraine, continue to impact the industry. Mm -hmm. Quote, 
As everyone knows right now, there is a squeeze on the cost of living, which impacts industry as much as it impacts household budgets. Kent adds, in recent weeks, the cost of glass, cereals, packaging and energy have all increased significantly. The price of wheat, for example, a key ingredient in the production of grain whisky used in every blended Scotch whisky, has increased by 60% since the turn of the year. Oh my gosh. Right, you talk about making projections, you try to, you know, in 2021, you think about what you'll be spending mm. in 2022, into 2023 and beyond, and then within the space of five months, you get a 60% increase on the cost of wheat. Yeah, it makes me, it makes me wonder what corn is looking like, right? If you think back mm. to the mid-80s when a lot of these grain producers switched from corn as the main grain to wheat simply because the cost of wheat had become less than corn... It, it subtly changed the overall flavor profile of, of these grain whiskies. In, in, you know, not all distilleries did that, but, but many did. But not to, not to riff too much in the first half, but think about the demand for bourbon right now. Uh, I would imagine corn pricing is quite high right now as well. Also, with the summer hitting and, and the grilling of corn on the cob, I mean, come on. Oh, so, with so grilled lime, oh, yum, yum, gosh. yum. Mm. Hope you'll get your taste buds back in time for that season. Oh, God, I sure as fuck hope so. Go on. Kent's quote concludes, These pressures of the supply chain on the industry remain a break on the ambitions of the industry to recapture growth lost over the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. End quote. And now this next section is titled Alleviating Pressure on Scotch Whiskey. Kent's work, moving forward, will involve lobbying the UK government to implement changes that will alleviate some of the pressure being felt by the Scotch trade. That will include, quote, looking to the Chancellor, Rishi Sunak, close mm. quote, for support in the autumn budget, such as reassessing the, quote, 70% tax burden on Scotch whisky mm. in the UK. The quote ends there, but the next paragraph itself is a quote. This is Kent. Time and time again, the industry has shown that more revenue can be generated from freezing or cutting duty rates. This should be a compelling argument for HM Treasury, Her Majesty's Treasury, as it looks to increase government revenue and support the UK's world-class distilling sector. Kent stresses. Hmm. Another key area of focus for Kent in order to enhance the Scotch whisky industry's global presence is to secure reduced rates in India. For decades, the potentially lucrative market has been tricky for Scotch whisky producers to crack due to triple digit tariffs, something you and I commented upon a few episodes ago. Yeah, that is true. Quote, India is a massive opportunity for the Scotch whisky industry. Reducing the 150% tariffs has long been a goal, but it feels like the prospect of getting a deal across the line is as close as it has ever been. Wow. Kent enthuses. Ooh. Ooh. Enthuses. That Look at that, using that as a verb. I like that. Serious. Yeah. Quote continues. 
The modelling we have done shows it will be a win-win, boosting Scotch whisky exports by £1 billion, approximately $1.25 billion, over five years and creating 1,300 new jobs across the UK, while boosting investment in India and generating £3.4 billion, or $4.24 billion, in additional tax revenue. It is now for the negotiators to find that path to a deal, and I look forward to visiting India later this year to do what I can to support their efforts. Wow. End quote. Wow. Those are big numbers. Which is, this is exactly what you and I had said previously, which is the numbers are so vast, you're going to keep hearing this return to Indian tariffs. Mm. We, you know, we really posited that in 2022, we were going to be hearing more about Indian tariffs, the lessening, the abandonment of what that might look like. So we can circle back to that if you if you wish to riff in the in the second half. Mm -hmm. We have made it to the final segment of this piece entitled Sustainability Key to Future Success. And I will say in our last episode, when we talked about new distillery in Kentucky and new distillery in Scotland, or, or the, the kind of the revamping uh, of Abalour in Scotland, we kept hearing sustainability, sustainability, yeah. sustainability. Yep. And so here we have uh, in this reflection of, of, uh, of Kent. Business will only be able to grow hand in hand with sustainability. However, Kent says the word sustainability has been, quote, mentioned more than any other on my travels around the industry, <laughs> close quote. Last year, with the COP26 conference in Glasgow, the Scotch sector outlined its goal to reach net zero in its operations by 2040. The target will be reached by utilising new and existing technologies such as anaerobic digestion, biomass, hydrogen and high temperature heat pumps to reduce the industry's reliance on natural gas energy resources. Quote, This will not be easy. There is no silver bullet and some of the technology needed to reach the goal doesn't exist yet or isn't scalable for an industry the size of Scotch whisky, Kent says. The quote continues, And I have seen an industry determined to take the necessary action to secure a more sustainable future. It is exciting to be part of it and think that in a small way our efforts will safeguard the industry and its contribution to wider society for generations to come. <laughs> End quote. After all is said and done, Ken is steadfast in his career choice and optimistic outlook. And the article ends with a quote from Kent. He says, Best job in the world? Whisper it quietly, but I think it might just be. little piece there dropped on a Friday for the whiskey loving masses to consume over the weekend, mm -hmm. uh, perhaps with a wee dram, but as our episode goes live today uh, here midweek a lot to cover there 
lot to ruminate on. But uh, but as always, I'm curious, when you first hear it, when you first read it, what drew your attention? What first drew my attention to the article was simply, right, I, it, it was simply this guy, this this guy, Mark Kent, talking about what the future may hold. And having read article after article after article, I was curious to see what he had to say. And and I think as you went on through the article, I'm back to that whole business with India and the fact that mm-hmm. the Scotch whiskey industry can grow by X, right? They they gave those numbers billions of dollars, billions of of pounds and or dollars, uh, so long as a triple digit tariff is either removed or is reduced in in some way, shape, or form. And and you know, looking at that at those numbers, at that possibility, it makes me think of the overall makeup of of Scotch whiskey, and and our place within it. Right, you know, we we went from an industry, at least when you and I joined, an industry where ninety five percent of all the sales was blended whiskey, and then over the past twelve years or so, it's dropped to around eighty eight percent. So there's been a seven percent shift from blends to the growth of single malt, quite often through distillery owned bottlings, but then in a in a much smaller way through independent bottlings. And it seems to me that if, if we're looking at this from a big picture standpoint, the idea of getting into markets like India and, and, and other growth markets, right? We talked about Brazil a bit earlier on, right? Earlier on in the season where it was a focus on, and maybe I'm just reading into this, but it seemed to be a focus on how can we grow that 88% back up to 95% where, where blends regain a bit more of the throne that they had once held. And, you know, selfishly, I continue to think about our very small place within the industry and accessing casks right now is very hard. And it will only get harder, and we talked about this in, in the other episode where we talked about the Indian tariffs and such, it will likely only get harder as more markets grow. And for the Scotch whiskey industry, that's fantastic, right? But for small businesses like ours, it makes me a bit nervous around sourcing. And and so while I think that this is that this is a somewhat feel-good story and that there are opportunities for growth. <laughs> you know, no, there, there's always casualties along the way. And, and I don't want to sound like a, a doom and gloom kind of guy, but, but I am selfishly thinking about our business and other small businesses like ours who, who live on the periphery of, of this industry. And so, and so you asked me what I thought it, it went from, I'm interested in what this guy has to say to, oh Jesus, what could this mean for us? <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was intrigued, you know, by what you just said a moment ago and, and it kind of uh, aligned with one of my thoughts going through the article, which is, and it's funny, we, we talked about this earlier in an episode about the increasing numbers in Brazil. 
mm. and the increasing imports to Brazil. And we talked about those traditional BRIC countries, the BRIC, the Brazil, Russia, India, China. I'll just call them BIC right now. Uh, right? And that, that's to my point. In reading this, here we've once again returned to India. Mm. Once again in 2022, here's talk of the Indian tariffs. How do we negotiate in such a way to get them reduced uh, or or removed or, or what have you? The, the price of wheat increasing mm-hmm. gets mentioned here. Um, I know Ukraine was a major producer of wheat. Big time. So, so you've got Russia with a double whammy here where it's having a knock-on effect on the cost of wheat, mm-hmm. the wheat being produced, but then the sanctions that are being leveled against Russia are going to change what that looks like as a marketplace for scotch going in there. So Brazil, we know, is rising. India, we know, is a major focus. Russia is now clearly on the outside uh, and has created major problems here. And that leaves China. And China didn't get mentioned in these, as much as it's a decent length for an article, um, the comments, it's not like he spoke at a conference for an hour and covered absolutely everything. Mm. But interesting that China didn't get mentioned here and India remains this 2022 focus. Yeah, it, it, that that is interesting. You know, I'm, I'm trying to rack my brain to think of stories I may have read regarding Scotch whiskey as it pertains to China. And the last bit of news, at least that I can recall, and granted I've got a COVID mind, so you can <laughs> you can correct me if, 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 you know, perhaps we've read other things or had other conversations. But the last thing I remember was from a few years back where China eliminated the, the sort of gifting uh, mm-hmm. of Scotch whiskey within business, which actually made up a massive portion of sales of scotch whiskey into China. And and so those sales kind of dropped off. But I don't know if between that story from, say, five to seven years ago, whenever the hell that was, to now, if there has been news, do you, do you recall anything? I don't. I don't. The only thing I've, I've really heard on China, and it hasn't come from news stories, it's come from consistently asking industry friends about what they're seeing mm, in China, mm-hmm. experiencing in China, is the Chinese market is becoming well-educated mm. on what's coming in. And whereas traditionally it had been a little bit of a, of a dumping ground for the more expensive off- offerings yeah. and certainly connected to gift-giving, mm-hmm. it now... Seems and and again, this is you know an an n of single digits here, um, for a country of of a billion plus people, <laughs> but it it seems like their consumers are moving through that evolution of what am I being asked to buy, how much is that, hmm. are there other things I could be buying, um, it it will be interesting to keep an eye on numbers trade numbers coming in from China, uh, to see what is declining there, what is increasing, what's starting to gain a foothold, which I think you know, the words that you and I are sharing here, I think, speak to 
the strangeness of not seeing China mentioned in these brief comments from Mark Kent. Yeah, you know, back back to India really quickly, as I think of of the many businesses within India that create quote whiskey blends that are really you know, some sort of sugar distillate rum-like spirit potentially mixed with grain whiskeys to create a, quote, whiskey. And, you know, you look at some of those numbers and, you know, there's there's billions of dollars being spent on these cheap whiskey blends that aren't really whiskey, but they say whiskey. And mm-hmm. you think about the potential pushback there, you know, there's a reason these 150% tariffs Mm. are in place (laughs) and it's to protect Mm -hmm. these other businesses. So, so it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. It is interesting to see some, um, fuck. Oh Jesus. Fucking COVID fucking COVID Jason. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting to see some optimism, coming from Mark Kent on this. You know, it seems like they are on the edge of something. But come back to what weed is doing, come back to what, you know, glass is doing and, and so on. And, and you know, you can come to the table with a product that has the value of X. But if in a five-month time span, your cost of raw materials increase by 60%, and you know the cost of glass has increased by more than that, and paper oh, yeah. more oh, than yeah. that, and cardboard more than that. He's got a challenge on his hands, and you know, obviously, for the for the sake of Scotch whiskey writ large, I I hope that that he's successful either here or in other places. But there's so many challenges that we've seen again on a very small scale that we've seen, just like all these other producers have seen. Yeah, and, and it's interesting because I, I know you and I, when we start to have these conversations, and we and we have talked about doing our best to keep it, you know, let's get some good news in here. You know, we've, <laughs> uh-huh. we've, we've suffered through this pandemic and a host of other things. And I'm just returning to, to Mark Kent's opening words here. And and I just wanted to, to kind of reiterate that, that positivity hmm. where, you know, he says, ultimately, people working across the industry want to focus on making a world-class spirit, attracting new consumers to discover scotch and opportunities to invest, grow and support jobs and communities in Scotland and across the world. I really liked the people working across the industry want to focus on making a world-class spirit. Hmm. Because I know as independent bottlers, the thing that gets us most excited is actually tasting the whiskey, talking about the whiskey, (laughs) spreading the good word around whiskey. And and when we had that chance to get out and do the the Drammers Live podcast uh, for One Nation Under Whiskey in Chicago... It was so nice to be eyeballing people who were enthusiastic about the world-class spirit. And we didn't sit around and talk about global supply chain, even though it was 
you know, the 900 pound gorilla in the room. <laughs> um, you know, we, we did want to talk about what was in our glass, what was in the bottle mm-hmm. and not what it takes to purchase the raw ingredients or what it takes to get a label on a bottle or, or bottles moved around the world. And so I think there is this balancing act to be done mm-hmm. between the realities that continue to be difficult in the background and the opportunities that continue to present themselves in the foreground Mm. and those conversations to be had around good whiskey, wonderful whiskey, whiskey worth sharing, whiskey worth celebrating. That's the... That that to me is the... (laughs) The careful plate spinning that we do on a day-to-day basis. I couldn't have said it better myself, Jason. <laughs> well, well, let's... Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm just basking in the fact that I'm the one fighting for the positivity here. I'm the one trying to get the... All right, but, you know... It's... It's still, you know... I'm looking at you in your quarantine dungeon. I'm like, but come on, it could be... Could be otherwise. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I think if I were allowed out of this room and, and <laughs> into my office, like, like I'm just hating the world right now. And, and yes. If you're allowed to look out a window. <laughs> I, you know, I, I realize I am the one who led the charge on, let's focus on positive stuff. <laughs> and here we're talking about this this story with Mark Kent and he's looking at the positivity, the potentials and and I keep bringing it back to yeah, but and uh yeah, I, I guess all I can do is 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 apologize cuz that's where my fucking head is at right now. It's like, <laughs> oh, what was me? <laughs> Uh, I'm really curious to see, and and I'll just say a couple of words on this before we get out of here, but I really, and I'm glad, actually I did remember to come back to this, I'm really glad that Mark Kent made the quote in the sustainability section Mm -hmm. that he did, because I'm starting to feel this myself, where every press release has sustainability, every visit to a distillery has sustainability, <laughs> right? You, you get to speak to the, the chief executive. He's talking sustainability. And it's very easy to keep paying lip service to something. Yeah. It's very easy to keep throwing around anaerobic digestion, biomass, hydrogen, high temperature heat pumps, reduction in the industry's reliance on natural gas energy sources, Right. We know that's a lot to be thrown about. We also know people who are building distilleries right now where Mm -hmm. it's not so easy to get all of this in alignment and have a working distillery. But Mark Kent says in here, if last year was about aspiration, this year is about delivery. Yeah. And I love, love, love that quote because I do want to start seeing the rubber hit the road here. I do want to start hearing about implemented changes, implemented differences, measurable, scalable Mm -hmm. results. That's what I want to hear in the next part of this. We're sitting here in 2022. 
We're talking about you know goals of, of reaching net zero in operations by 2040. We know we've got global goals by 2050 mm-hmm. that if we're not hitting them, it, simply if we're not hitting them, we are screwed. Uh, as, as a globe, we are screwed. Mm-hmm. And so the time for talk was over 20 years ago. It was over 30, 30 years, years ago. ago. Yeah. <laughs> when that right. whole the time for talk was over. opened up, that's when the time for talk was done. Yep. <laughs> right. The, the fact we've got a chief executive saying this year is about delivery, I am going to remember that quote and I'm going to be returning that. Just like we've said, stick a pin in India in Indian tariffs for 2022. I'm sticking a pin in this year is about delivery on sustainability in 2022. Let's see what that looks like as well. It is nice to be a part of an industry that has been putting sustainability and kindness to our own environment front and center. That 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 is nice. Not every industry is able to do that. And everyone seems to be joining forces in some way, shape, or form, right? And, and, it, and it's not just on the, the Scotland side, right? Think back to our last article where the new Heaven Hill Distillery in Bardstown talked about just that, about being a good neighbor when it comes to environmentally sound practices. It's, it's, it's really refreshing to see people not just think about these things, but to enact them and make them a part of their business and their practices moving forward, being kind to this environment that we all depend on. Well, and I know my bias is always to think about malt whiskey distilleries, and and I think about their many rural settings. Mm -hmm. You think about Speyside. You have an entire side of an industry built in a rural community that relies heavily on a river is named after the river it is beside. (laughs) And so, you know, aside from our much, much larger, much more prodigious grain distilleries, which which are oftentimes much more city set, like Mm -hmm. traditional industry, Mm -hmm. it's hard to be a malt whiskey distiller and not think about the environment and not think about your impact upon it, not think about water, not think about barley, uh, growing in fields, not thinking about soil structure and soil health, yeah, yeah, um, energy, right? It's it's hard to be in that side of the industry and not think about the environment. And of course, I'm th- I'm thinking about uh, Gordon Bruce, at the knock, right? <laughs> and how he talks about you know his energy and getting his energy numbers down. How he talks about the water, the hills, yeah, yeah. And then there's many, many, many good people like that floating around. So. I'm going to leave it there. We we got ourselves on a nice positive uh, track for getting out of here. If you want to drop us a note, info at singlecastnation.com or questions at onenationunderwhiskey.com. No E in whiskey. It's been nice getting to hear from Mark Kent in this episode and to spend some time with you, Joshua, talking about 2022 and having a little rub of the crystal ball. I'm glad you said crystal ball. It's always the crystal ball with me. Just the one? Piece. (laughs) Two pieces, two balls.